you need to love all of the people, whether they're doing it how you believe is right or not. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was just another layer of that is now she gets to love her dad who doesn't believe the same as me, who doesn't live the same life as me. And she gets to learn to love people. And that's what I I kind of latched onto is this idea that she gets to learn how to love. Hello, hello, my friend. Before we dive into this week's episode, I wanted to get on here and let you know that today is the day. Today is the day for the Secrets for Finding Rainbows Through the Emotional Fog workshop. Now, the workshop is set up to help those of you who have had a partner or spouse come out, gain the clarity you need to know what it is you want moving forward from here. And I am not just talking about if you are splitting up or divorcing or separating, whatever that looks like for you. I am also talking about if you are planning to stay together. This workshop is going to be a starting point for you to gain the clarity you need to know what you want, whether you stay together or whether you decide to separate, whatever that looks like for you. I really want to encourage you to figure out the path that is best for you. So if you want to jump on the workshop tonight, you can go to theboldlogic.com forward slash free workshop. Again, that is theboldlogic.com forward slash free workshop. That link is also in our show notes, so you can find it there as well. I really hope you enjoy this week's episode. It is our dear listener episode, and I think you are going to enjoy it, and we will see you on the other side. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. I was ready born. Yes, you were. (laughs) Something your dad would say. It is something my dad would say, but oddly enough, it's something Sarah Sarah says (laughs) when she was little. Instead of I was born ready, she would always say I was ready born. I was ready born. (laughs) (laughs) And what's funny is one of my favorite images of Sarah when she was little Mm -hmm. is she comes out to ride her bike. She's standing on the front porch of the first house Matt and I lived in. And she's like four, five, five. Mm-hmm. And she has on like fake Ugg boots, mm-hmm. a swimsuit, her helmet, and like some other weird thing I can't <laughs> remember. And she's just like totally owning it on the front porch. Like she is ready to ride. Do you have a picture of that? Because I feel like I've seen that. Maybe I'm just picturing uh, it in my we mind. we might have a picture somewhere. We may have a picture I can somewhere. see Sarah rocking But that. I could... <laughs> I can see her like standing there being like, she may not I'm ready been, born. She may not have been saying it, but <laughs> she was putting she it was out showing there. it that she yeah. was ready born. <laughs> oh, I love that girl. We uh, drove past that house the other day, me and Penny and Jalen. Uh-huh. And it's so cute now. They've done so yeah, much work there. Yeah, they've done a lot of work. And it was cute when we lived It was. There. It was. It's really, always been a cute. I really, really like that house. Yeah. yeah. We but drove it, around and through the alley and where like where Penny learned to ride a bike. And yeah. It's just a fun little. Trip. You know, her orthodontist is directly across the street. Uh, is it? So we see it. The one that used to have the turkey on the roof? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> we had a turkey on our roof. The turkey yeah. was on so, our roof, too. Yeah. Same, it, turkey. same turkey. It peed on your roof. Yeah. That was, that was so funny. 
it dawned on me that like doing that, I'm super sentimental about places. Like mm-hmm. I love to go back to a place that's significant and just be like, oh my gosh, this is where this is where you learned to ride a bike, Penny. That's where you fell. This is where you whatever. And she's I'm, just I'm like, a lot like that too. Yeah. I, I like going back to old places. Same. What? And, I don't think I knew that about you, Matt. <laughs> and Penny just like, whatever, Dad, can we just go to the store already? Let's go to Target. <laughs> Why are we here? And I, but Penny is super sentimental about stuff. Fidget, 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 fidget. Yeah, but you know she'll never get rid of any of those fidgets because no, they no. all mean something to her. She just told me she's thinking about selling some of them. Oh, wow. Well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But just stuff. But she is very sentimental She's sentimental about stuff. about stuff. I'm sentimental about things. And I'm not sentimental about You're stuff. You're about, about places. Sorry, places. Places. Yeah, I said that wrong. I am not very sentimental. No, you're not. <laughs> well, it's like any time that we're driving down in the north end mm-hmm. of Boise, I always, I don't know if you've noticed this, I'm like, do you want to drive by the old house? Yeah. And I like that. I think it's fun. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, sometimes she's like, meh. <laughs> I see it all the time. Do you say meh? Because yeah. yeah. Basically. <laughs> eh. I usually do that. Eh. Did, so did Penny get that from you or did you get that from her? Both. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Funny. Eh. I, she probably yeah. got that from me. I like to do that on my runs too. I like to run through. Oh, I thought you were going to say I like to eh, on my runs. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I like to Go revisit places. old places that have significance. Run through them. It brings like added intention to your run. It does. Added purpose. Yes. So. How do we get on this topic? Speaking of Sarah, being sentimental, yeah. our oh, old okay. house and her mm-hmm. standing in front of. Ready the, born. Ready born. Ready yes. born. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we got there, Steve. <laughs> I wonder how often our podcast listeners think that. How did they get here? <laughs> Go back and replay We've it. explained how we got here. <laughs> Anyways, I spent the weekend with Penny and Sarah. Penny had a swim meet in Twin Falls and we were, we had gotten a hotel and we were going to make like, we only stayed one night and we're making a day of it of let's go play for 36 hours. And we invited Sarah and she was there like instantly. She's like, yeah, I'm in. I was like, oh, sweet. I was really excited. She wanted to come. As a disclaimer, Sarah was not out of my care for more than 48 hours. (laughs) (laughs) So we, we went and like, like I told him, we were starting the vacation Friday morning by going here in town and doing a little shopping. And then we were out of town by like one thirty or 1 or something and and went to Twin Falls and piddled around there. And the girls had so much fun. And I texted Matt and I also actually put something on Facebook or Instagram about it of just how much it meant to me in that moment to know that Matt trusted me with his daughter and that she wanted to be with us and just like all of it coming together. I feel like it's been eight and a half years. You wanted that your entire. Yeah. Of hoping for these little moments and it doesn't have to be like that all the time. I don't expect it to be, but it was like where you can have a close relationship with Sarah. It was so fun. And for her and Penny to have Mm -hmm. fun and whatever. And those girls are cute together. They do. They (laughs) are cute together. They had a sleepover at your 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 house too this week. Yes. So also, so, thank you, Matt, for trusting me with your daughter. Yeah. <laughs> that was fun, though. Good. They, they they seemed to have fun. Yeah. Penny was just over the moon. Just all <laughs> sorts of energetic and thrilled to have, have Sarah there. It's just so cute. And it's very sweet. And it's very tender to me, obviously, to be able to have that connection. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for it. <laughs> I put something up about how step parenting is hard. 
it's a different hard than being a parent. Like being a parent is hard. Step parenting is hard in a different way. And just those moments of feeling this, <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Yeah. It's things, okay. Something's okay. Something's like something's going right. Okay. <laughs> it's a different kind of hard, I'm sure, because so there's a lot less in your control. So about much how, less. Yeah. Things that you found to be successful in your relationship with your daughter may not be an option. Yeah. The stepdaughter. Anyway. Yeah. So it was really awesome. And I was <laughs> feeling very grateful. I, I, I chuckle a little bit because at, at uh, when we were just eating a snack upstairs and Penny, <laughs> the sun was in Penny's eyes mm-hmm. and I was enjoying the sun because it was making me warm and Penny wanted it, the, the blinds closed. Uh-huh. I said, no, let's leave it open. She's like, I want to close it. I said, well, it's my house. I can leave it open. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jessica goes, well, Penny, you can just move chairs. And be out of the sun. She's like, oh, that'd be so hard. <laughs> and I looked at her. I was like, yeah, being a parent is extremely hard. <laughs> she agreed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And also, I'm like grateful for those moments where Matt and Penny mess with each other mm. and feed off of each other and <laughs> that they're comfortable mm. doing that. Like, I know that's been a lot of work and it takes a lot of time to get to that point yeah. in blended families. So. Eight and well, a half years in, and it, yeah, we're, we're feeling a little like these moments are coming out more. We could so. have maybe have done this. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good. It was good too. This morning at church, like I was sitting in between both Sarah and Penny, mm-hmm. and at one point, both of them like put their head on one shoulder and the other shoulder mm-hmm. because Jessica was a chorister at church this morning, and it's like, okay, we're good. That's cute. Anyway, did you love being the chorister? Loved your, it. Your face said you loved it. <laughs> why are you? Why are we? What? The thing so, is, okay. So here's the backstory. I don't like leading music in college. Uh, in fact, you and I were married uh-huh. at this point. I had to take a choral conducting class. You kind of it would... is the only class I ever got a C in ever. It's for choral. Yeah, but you it's made choral up, conducting. You can make up such cool shapes in the air when you're doing <laughs> it, Jessica. I've seen it. <laughs> It's yeah. kind of like I'm on, really bad. Like on the Fourth of July when you have a sparkler and you're like spelling your name in the dark. Yeah, sky. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did get. I can lead the music in church, but I sit down. It's in three two, which is like a weird thing, anyways. And then it's a song I've never heard before. And my mom picked it and she's playing the piano. And I'm like, Mom, I don't. Drives me I don't crazy. know this song at all. And she's like, Oh, you'll recognize it once yeah, I start playing. Nobody it. Your mom loves nobody knew to it. pick the songs that no one yes. ever sings. At and I get it. Like it's nice to have some variety, but. Nobody knew it and I didn't know it. So I'm up there trying to lead the song and trying to figure out the words and the rhythm and the tune and everything. No clue. <laughs> well, here's the thing about being and the congregation. Though. No clue. Yeah. Yeah. If We're sp- all just like listening to the piano. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Here's the thing about being the chorister, though, is if you mess it up when you're leading the song, no one even knows what that yeah. means that you're doing anyway. It's true. I mean, unless they are also like musically trained. Yeah. Like, they don't really have any idea what the chorister's doing. And honestly, so. I remind myself of that all the time. I'm like, this doesn't really matter. Like, I'm glad I can be here and do this thing. And then I don't get embarrassed by the fact I totally slaughtered that first song. If you knew anything about conducting, I was not there. I didn't know the words. Oh, yeah. I, I looked up and you were like, what is she doing? <laughs> and, I t- and I have no clue, really, and- about music. And I'm like... This doesn't make sense. Yeah, and I'm like, at least I know these people like me for the most part, if they don't, whatever. But just 
It didn't matter. Yeah. Anyways. Funny. Anyways. The next but, songs went oh, better. Speaking but, of- but Church, the speaker, she spoke for 30 minutes. That's a long talk. One of the speakers. How long was it supposed to be? 15, 10, 10. 15 minutes. I love how people think they're going to have a hard time feeling a five-minute block, and then and they talk for like 25 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then her husband was after her for 10 minutes. It was kind of a long church. And like then it. the longest song in the hymn book, Kathy chose to sing the last song. That's when you verses. as the chorister say, verses. we're just going to do one verse. This was the problem, though, <laughs> the is the bishop, bishop stood up and announced we were singing all five verses because he was scared to tick off my mom. <laughs> Yeah, he goes, we'll yeah. sing all five of these Kathy's verses. Kathy's a powerful woman. I don't want to. on her good side. I don't want to make Kathy mad. <laughs> but then did I kept, he say that? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he said that. But then I look at Jessica, because she's the chorister, she has the power. I'm looking at her, I'm like, I, cut it I to couldn't one. look at him, because I knew he was willing me to, to go it against it. to one. Okay, that would if have been amazing. If the hadn't said the thing about taking off my mom, I would have cut it to one. Yeah, but if, you're not if, scared about taking exactly, off your mom. Exactly. No, I'm not. I'm not. Or your bishop. That's where I'm at. I'm not. I wish Jessica would have just went up to the microphone and said, I'm not afraid to tick off my mom. We're going one. <laughs> I did say it to my mom. I said, well, I'm not afraid to make you mad. <laughs> and she Funny. just laughed. And she didn't care if we only did one. I think she was feeling bad at that point. But why, well, that's why were she you played. leading instead of her? There was nobody to play the organ oh, so this played. week. So she okay. played the piano and then I conducted. Okay. Whatever. Anyways. So I got a text message today from a mutual friend of ours who said, so you moved into my ward, huh? Oh, and yeah, I said, you did. What are you talking about? I said, they read your records over the pulpit today. Oh, that's hilarious. New member of the ward, Steve the 13th Stoddard. Ward. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're back so in So I guess I'm ward. back in the 13th ward for the yeah. third time. Man, if you're going to be in a ward, that's the ward to yeah. be in. All of the people love you. I guess so. Do you know who their bishop is? Who? It is a kid you would, I'm not going to use his name or anything, but a guy you used to do door-to-door sales with. Their bishop is. I'll tell you Ooh. who afterwards, but it is. So that's random, too. There's another connection for you. How funny. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into this week's episode. Okay. I'm ready. Matt is ready. Steve? Steve's- I just want to know who the bishop is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you after Steve. You All can right. wait. This week, we are continuing our topic about a wife in who's either getting divorced so this is our dear listener episode. The dear listener episode geared towards somebody geared who, towards the wife of in this, who's getting divorced yeah. and things that help and don't help. And I was going to record this on my own, but then I thought it would be really helpful to have Matt and Steve's perspective. Of, it always is. Oh, it is. It always is of mm. what's helpful on their end of things, like what they viewed as being helpful or not helpful that maybe their partner did during the divorce. You can be honest, Steve. Just lay it out there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's the topic today did you guys have anything off the top of your heads before we i mean i don't really have an outline this week i have mm-hmm. some ideas but okay nothing nope okay so I-, I was actually talking to somebody at the swim meet this weekend who's going through a divorce and like the divorce process is hard no matter how amicable you are and it's often i mean it's Made harder because ninety well, nine percent of the time, and nobody likes to do paperwork. No, like that's. But at the same time, it's it's so easy to fill out the paperwork to get married. Mm-hmm. Now to fill out the paperwork to get divorced, like that's a it's complicated whole, whole nother ball game because there's been time established and money spent, and that's assets why assets together, assets and- are together, and and it makes it extremely difficult. And obviously, it's like that for a reason. 
But well, well, do you remember just when we went in to change our child support yeah. amounts? And it was going to be like an 80-page... I'm probably that number is probably grown in my memory, but it was so big. We're just like screw it, and we're not even going to change it. (laughs) Spend a bunch of money. So Steve still to this day pays a certain amount of child support, and I pay him back. And you pay me back, not all of it, but like the amount that we've agreed on. What do I get paid? We call it the rebate. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, hey, when am I getting my rebate? (laughs) (laughs) I send it already this month. Aren't you proud of me? But you know what? There's always a at least often there's a once a month need to like reconcile yeah. some other thing like hey will you pay for half of this whatever or the did you want to pitch in on the or yeah whatever. or did you want to pitch in on these whatever that we got for penny and yeah. take it out of my or rebate. are you going to pay for swim this time or whatever <laughs> that's yeah. exactly so that's what, what i say happens. is yeah take it out of my rebate take it out of the rebate or <laughs> paying for my portion of the podcast stuff take it out of the it's rebate that in the rebate <laughs> <laughs> But for a while there, it got so confusing. What was what? I had no idea that Penny was uh, paying for this. Uh, <laughs> we, well, we now have a spreadsheet that says... Yes. A shared the, document the, from several years ago that says, what the heck are Steve and Jessica paying each other for? It doesn't say what the heck, <laughs> I was says, what the hell? <laughs> what because the hell are Steve and Jessica paying each other for? Steve and I couldn't figure it out. No, we couldn't. Insurance. There was... I Like every month I was paying her for things she was paying... Anyway... It was a whole big thing. It gets but. to be like there's a lot involved. So I understand all the paperwork, but I also I, my thing was that I was thinking about as I was talking to this woman who she was justified in everything she was saying. And I supported her in those things is that there are also things that I think people get hung up on during the divorce process. That I'm like, let it go. Like if your partner hasn't been seeing your kids for a long time and haven't gone for schedule, but now they're asking for 50-50, think about it this way. Are they really going to show up? If this is the one thing that's inhibiting you from getting that actual divorce, are they going to show up? Now, money-wise, so, right, I so you're saying that, that they, like, that maybe I don't just, want to sign it because this parent who's been somewhat absent is now asking for 50%. Yeah. Yeah. But are they really going to show up for the 50% afterwards? Mm-hmm. And if they don't show up for the 50%, you start documenting the crap out of that. So then and you can go in later and say, I want this custody. I want this money. And here's why. Here is why. Here mm. is the documentation of them not showing up because okay. it's almost easier to get that custody later on. Yeah. When there's been an agreement. When there's in place that established time yeah, in history. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, when they're not following that. So it's really hard to navigate through all of that and to know what to let go of and what to include. And there are a lot of good places you can turn to get that support. Like a lot of great divorce guides to help you figure out what's important to fight for and what's important not to fight for. So I don't know. I mean, we were very lucky in our divorce that we did get along and we could go through that. Mm -hmm. Um, But even then, like, I know I put things in the custody agreement that were touchy Mm -hmm. for Steve and that I knew was going to be, you know, a little bit touchy, but I wanted, I didn't know what Steve's life was going to look like. So I wanted to make sure we were protected in that. There are some things in there that, that would have given you... I mean, it, it left the control in your hands, I feel oh, like. Oh, 100%. <laughs> of, I mean, I knew dang well that I needed to continue to be a, a good influence in Penny's life and be there as her father. And that if I didn't, there would be changes. <laughs> I yeah. don't know I'm saying that weird, but... Yeah. And I also knew dang well that my intentions were to continue to, to yes. be all those things. So I wasn't worried about it, but... But there definitely are things in there that if you ever chose to, yeah, could very much change. And the only reason why, like, I'm just jumping in here because I know that the only reason why she would change, like, 
the way that it is now is if, for example, if you completely went off the deep end on something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and there's suddenly I was not a. Yeah. And there's, but there's a mutual trust here right. mm-hmm. that you both know and recognize that everything's okay. Yeah. Right? And so I think in that, and we've talked about this before, is understanding that sometimes, and I'm not saying this is true in all cases at all, but often that your partner, while, and Steve brings this up a lot, while you might not work together, you and your partner, you and your co-parent, that doesn't mean that they can't have a good relationship with the kids. And be a good parent. And be a good parent. And sometimes you have to almost wait until you have established that divorce and let the other parent be a parent right. to see the parent that they can really be and neither to give them you, that. Right. Neither of you have been single parents. Mm-mm. You've been, you know, you got to see what that's going to look like. You've also, it will be different. You've also been parenting in a relationship that isn't working. If you're getting a divorce, then obviously your your relationship in some way hasn't been working. That's why you're getting a divorce. And now your co-parent gets to parent in a way that it might be healthier for them. It might be a healthier situation because they're not carrying an added emotional load that they were carrying when they were married. The emotional load is different. They, they will at least get to parent in a way that is more their choice and yes. their style and their their and, control. Yeah. Whether and that ends up being... <laughs> something you agree <laughs> for with better or, or worse or yeah, something you agree with or not. Who knows? Well, but. and I think a lot of times the things that we for, the thing that we forget is that these kids are adaptable. Mm-hmm. They can adapt to each parenting style or type of each parent. Mm-hmm. For example, Steve, Penny knows and recognizes that she knows that you are forgetful of her things if she needs it, right? She knows that. <laughs> so she's going to take a little bit more responsibility when she's in your care of trying to make sure that she has everything. Will she ever? No. But she also like, knows, girl, if you wanted that lunchbox for school, you should have brought it. <laughs> exactly. And she knows that your parenting style is, hey, this is on you. You got to remember it. I'm not going to remember it for you. Mm-hmm. And you shut it off like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas Jessica's like, I'm going to put the responsibility on her. But if she forgets it, I'm still going to remind her. <laughs> right? I remind. I very much remind. Right. But it's partially because it's in my head. So I just vocalize that. Right. And but then, she, what I, my point is, is she adapts to both yes. styles and right. children are resilient and adaptable. And so I'm thinking here of how I hear women take this and be like, well, he's not a good parent. Like I could throw that out there or say things to Penny about your dad just doesn't care or he's not Always involved forgets. enough or he forgets everything, which we joke about. Your that. dad's selfish. Yeah. He doesn't even think about. Yeah. yeah. But that. honestly, I like to think of it as you're teaching her responsibility. Like you are teaching her and sometimes it's a pain, whatever, but who cares? Like she's learning and oh crap, I should have remembered that or oh, you know, whatever. And also to figure out, okay, well, I did forget this creative solutions to fix it. Could I, could my dad bring it by sometime? Could my mom swing by and pick it up? Like what are options to get it? And you know, one that we are always is a sore spot for Penny Nyes for freaking coats and jackets yeah and the other day she didn't have one and we were we had just made plans to walk down and get dinner and she never coat. i was like you can't come yeah <laughs> like it is 23 degrees you cannot walk downtown without a coat so do you want us to bring you something <laughs> yeah she she found one she had one yeah. in the car but so i think just thinking about 
the way you parent differently or the way the things you're really scared about, trying to see them from a different point of view. Like identify the fear in the things that you're going through when you get divorced, uh, whether it's co-parenting or whether it's assets or whatever, and then figure out what what are other solutions to, it's not black and white. What are other solutions to the situation that you might not be seeing? How could this actually be beneficial by doing it a different way? Like diving into that. I think that's something I did my whole divorce and still to this day. So Jessica, as, as a wife, because we're talking to the wives today, mm-hmm. right? Of a wife who's getting divorced, what was your biggest fear? My biggest fear was what it looked like for my daughter. That is the biggest fear that I had in getting divorced is how does this look for Penny? And in that, I was able to come back and say, okay, this is, you know, I my fear around that is that she's going to not feel comfortable when Steve and I are together. That because Steve, if Steve and I can't have a good relationship, then she takes that on. She and takes on that emotional burden and has to carry it. And she's the one who has to mediate yeah. the parents' relationship and is all uncomfortable anytime we're all together or has to decide who do I invite to this or yeah. can I have both my parents at this thing? Or Yes. So your fear was Penny being stuck in the middle. Yes. And I didn't want her to carry. She's a kid. She was two when we got divorced. I didn't want her to have to carry that ever. And so in in identifying that, it made me like, that was my value. That was the thing that I valued the most. And therefore, it made me look at things differently and what was really important and what wasn't between like in the things that I cared about and worried about for Penny and with my relationship with Steve. So how did you get past the fear of me being a negative influence in Penny's life, meaning we were married and Mormon and on one path and I completely jumped off that path and jumped on a new one that all through our marriage and through our church was not an acceptable path and I was now choosing that for myself. How did you put that to bed of worrying of and feeling the need to fight my involvement in Penny's life? Like, I think that's a pretty common worry for someone in a wife in that scenario of this man is no longer fit to be the father of my child. I need to fight that. How did, how did you get past that? So I really think about the fact that I wanted Penny to have her dad in her life. That was important to me. And so instead of focusing on. That was more important to you than me being in the church, me being straight and that that person being Penny's father. You not so for me personally, you not being in the church and you being gay did not impact you being a father to my daughter because I know so many good people who are not in the church who I would like their influence on my daughter's life. Mm-hmm. I I welcome their different viewpoints. I welcome their love of my daughter, and and I've always felt that way. And so now, yeah, it is more personal that it's her dad. But also, she gets to learn another perspective. And and again, it's that changing that thinking of ultimately what I want for my daughter is for her to love herself. And if she gets to see her dad loving herself and her mom loving herself themselves, then she knows that it's okay for her to love herself. I also want her to love other people because I believe 
in the church, that's what we're taught, is to love as Christ loved. And Christ loved other people. He loved the outcasts. He loved the people who weren't in the church saying, this is every law you have to keep. This is every dot, you know, you have to dot every I and cross every T. You need to love all of the people, whether they're doing it how you believe is right or not. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was just another layer of that is now she gets to love her dad who doesn't believe the same as me, who doesn't live the same life as me. And she gets to learn to love people. And that's what I I kind of latched onto is this idea that she gets to learn how to love. And ultimately, that's all I really want for my kid. And so I think that's really at the core. Like I was saying, you have to find the things you really value and figure out how that shows up in your relationships. Like what's the opportunity here? Instead of focusing on all of the things that might feel hard and negative and overwhelming, and there are those and you can feel them and embrace them and understand why you feel that way about them, but also then go to what's the opportunity? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of how to word this next thought here, but I know so much of of your ability to move forward in a healthy way between you and I was trust-based. Mm-hmm. You put a lot of trust in me to do things the way we talked about doing them to, and to stay what I needed to be for Penny, even though I was making this huge change in my life. And I I guess, how does someone who just, say say someone's getting divorced for uh, infidelity. Yeah. Trust is lost. Trust is broken. How can a wife in this scenario place any trust in someone like you did in me and do in me in a scenario like that? Yeah, and I think we have to remember that the relationship between a wife and a husband is a lot different than between a parent and their child. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. We have to humble ourselves and figure out that, look, my relationship with my ex-wife or with my wife is different than we have children together. Their relationship, they still have a need to have that relationship with both parents. Mm-hmm. And we have to lose our, our own mentality of, well, they weren't loyal to me, so therefore they're not going to be loyal to their kids. Mm-hmm. And you can't play that in your mind. You have to understand that they will still, most likely, nine times out of ten, they will still be loyal to their children. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They still want that relationship. That relationship is still important to them. And I, That's I, a good point. I like that. I, I do too. And that's kind of what I was going to say as well, Matt, is just that the relationship that I have with my ex is different than the relationship my kids have with them like and it comes back to that and i understand like i said we are we are talking generalizations like there are always exceptions to this and there are always real right. situations where your kids aren't safe that is you know when you really need to be aware and and ideally the courts are on your side in that if your kids aren't safe that they can see that as well and that can be addressed but i just feel like like matt said like you have to recognize the relationship is different between you and your co-parent and your kids and your co-parent and to try to you know create a healthy relationship between them try mm-hmm. to focus on the good also i really recommend that if you were in that betrayal trauma that if you are you have that because of infidelity or however that was in part however of your story you were betrayed yeah mm-hmm. however you were betrayed get counseling to work through that on your own and don't project that onto your kids. Or project it onto your spouse who you're divorcing. Co-parent, yeah. Yeah, find a way to process that for yourself in a way that is healthy for you because therefore then yeah. that is going to create a better relationship. 
Because those feelings are so real and I, I get it. And it's also easy to say, well, I'm not the one who screwed up here. I'm not the one who's yeah. with the problems. I'm not the one who caused this. Mm-hmm. I don't need therapy. But you probably, you've got some stuff to work through. <laughs> if you've, if you've even, whatever, whichever side of that interaction you've been on, there's, there's benefit to, to some counseling there. There's always benefit to counseling, to finding a support group, to whatever it is you need. Like that is hugely important to take the opportunity to process your own feelings and emotions so that you aren't putting those on your kids or your co-parents. If you're putting them on your co-parent, then more than likely it's going to be getting put on your kids as well. So you can have those feelings. You don't have to trust that person again for yourself and your own personal boundaries, but you do need to find ideally ways to trust them with your children. I've got another thought kind of switching gears here a little bit, but just thinking through like what was successful for us. And Jessica, you were so supportive of me continuing to be being involved in and strong in Penny's life. You encouraged those scenarios. You made, I'm trying to think of an example, but but you we were very supportive oh. and of me. The scenario is this, like the first time that Penny went to Pride with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, there we go. Right? And it wasn't a pushback from Jess to say, hey, no, you're not taking my daughter to Pride. Mm-hmm. It was Jessica swallowing her own pride and saying, hey, this is how Steve's going to live his life. His daughter has all rights to see how Steve is involved in this community. Right. And so and, that's, and, yeah. And also, hey, that's my weekend, but this is a once a year thing. If you want her, you're welcome to take her. Yeah. You know, you've always been very encouraging and uh, and like helped pave the way for she and I to have great experiences together and to, to have quality time. And Halloween, <laughs> even when it's my year for Halloween, you have still made costumes for her and oftentimes for me and now for my boyfriend. <laughs> you have very much facilitated quality time between she and I, even though you and I are divorced. That oh, never stopped. Oh, yeah. Whose year was it for, for Christmas this year? Oh, it was Steve's, right? Uh-huh. Jessica, but what did you do? You made, you made us a stockings and filled up for, for their new us. plays. A stocking for Steve, a stocking for Penny, a stocking for, uh, for Jalen. For Jalen and for the dog. What's the dog's name? I, I didn't make Oscars. Oh, I thought I you thought were. Come on, it. you don't know the dog's name? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I he do. Knows Oscar's I'm going to tell Oscar name. you said that. <laughs> Just in the moment, couldn't think of it. I, w- I do have fabric to make Oscar one, though. <laughs> but I guess my, my it point was Christmas yeah. Eve, and she's like, uh, I think I'm going to make Oscar one. I'm like, Stop! Like I didn't have time. Let's like, can we just relax a little bit? They were the coolest stockings ever, by the way. Shit's Creek stockings, so cool. <laughs> yeah, we loved it, and it was very kind of you to do that. But I guess the, my takeaway from that, I think, is that be supportive of your ex in their relationship with your child. Like you want them, you know. It's it's easy to be like, well, my stupid ex just is a crappy parent and never, you know help them to be a better parent just like you did when you were together like i very much have appreciated it like but see from my from my perspective as well though like as a fly on the wall i sometimes catch myself of saying just let steve plan it like because a lot of times you'll plan everything for them when it's steve's week or weekend or christmas or holiday or whatever it is and i'm just like let steve be a grown up and plan it you know, because you I think, also you plan things much further in advance than I do. 
So you've already thrown out and suggested all these plans before I even started thinking about, hey, what are we going to do for Christmas this year? <laughs> okay, so that is where this comes, is honestly, me planning stuff is more selfish than trying to, in selfish ways, how? in that I want to know what the plan is. I mm-hmm. want to know there's a plan. Even if it doesn't go according to plan, I want to know, you know, what times am I going to see Penny? Am I going to see Penny or do I need to just plan to do something myself? Like all of these things so that I know what to expect on some level. And like I said, it it doesn't always go according to plan and that's okay. But part of it is almost selfish. And (laughs) I also want to come back to the fact that supporting Steve and making that time, I mean, it's getting me what I want too by being supportive of Steve and it's it's really being supportive of our daughter. But then I got to spend Halloween with Penny, one of the probably the last years that she'll do Halloween. I got to spend it with her because Steve also allowed me into that. Like it was a give and take. Because mm, the alternative was you just go I do went it. Did a thing with her for Halloween and you Which is involved. great yeah. and would have been fine and I would have been okay with that. But And same for Christmas. We had you had us over for Christmas Eve. We did Christmas dinner together. Like I still get that time with my daughter, Mm -hmm. which sometimes I think looks just like me supporting Steve and and I am. I'm genuinely wanting to support Steve and show him in little ways that I support his relationship with our daughter. But it's also a win for you. It always comes back to benefit me and my Well, and I think there's that's a common thing there is if it's good for her, it's and good for me. It's good for you. It's like yeah. If it's so, good for one, it tends to be good for many more. So, in show genuine support is what I really want to make in what Steve's saying. Like I do show that genuine support because I do support him as Penny's dad a hundred percent and want her to have a great relationship with Steve. But honestly, it always comes back to help me as well. Mm-hmm. And so it's do it with real love, do it with real intent to show the other parent appreciation. And this started, I mean, this wasn't how our relationship has always been. Like it's you start with small things to show that genuine support and love. Mm-hmm. Little things go a long way. Helping the kid pick out a present for their parent, mm-hmm. for their dad on their birthdays, for Father's Day, for Christmas. Like I really Highly encourage people to do that, even though you might be angry. It teaches those kids that you value their relationship. And it's so easy to do. You don't have to have contact with the other parent. You just have to take your kid to go find something for their parent or say, hey, what can we make? What can we do? Like that is such an easy way to create that connection in the beginning. And it's something that I still do to a point with Matt's kids of trying, and I don't do it as much as I used to because they're teenagers. They should be able to do this on their own now. We've given them that example, but I, we still try to check in with them. Of, yeah, did did you get something for your did mom? Did you get something for do your you mom? Do you need us to take you shopping? Yeah. Do you need help in that? Do you need our support? What are some ideas? If you don't have ideas, like, you know, because mm-hmm. we want them to know we support that relationship. And so what I'm saying is it can start as small things and it can grow as you feel comfortable, as you feel like you're more comfortable in changing and shifting those boundaries. And it may never change. And that's okay too. But showing that genuine support goes a long ways. And the early, like it's really pivotal how you approach those scenarios early on in a divorce because it's going to set the stage for your relationship down the road. And Mm -hmm. 
not only the relationship, but also the interactions that yeah. you have yeah. when you're dropping off kids or when you're. And I also think like I'm thinking about, you know, how we have done this with Matt's kids and people like on the outside, it might look like, well, but you don't have a great relationship with Anne. But the stepkids, my stepkids know that I also am not going to talk crap about their mom. Mm -hmm. I want them to have a good relationship with her. I try every chance I get to tell them that and to express that. And to if they bring up things like, oh, this this happened, which doesn't happen very often that they confide in things, you know, that happened at their moms. But if they do, I always try to give them a way of thinking about it differently or seeing it from their mom's perspective or whatever, just so that they know I'm not here to bash bash or to take their side. So anyways, but and I feel like even if they know that whether or not the relationship looks like the relationship with their mom has changed between us doesn't matter. How the kids are feeling is what matters. Okay. I feel like to round this out, there are like just a couple of things I Mm want to touch on here that we've talked about and just emphasize is that first and foremost, when you're going through this, you have to put in the work on yourself as the wife. And I believe this on both sides of things, but we're talking to the wives today. Figure out your pain points. Like we were talking about those fears that you carry and what's really most important in that. Like, okay, I have this fear of what my daughter's life looks like now. But what do I really want her to learn in life? Like, what is the biggest values I have for my daughter? And how can I still make those happen? Because there's a way. There's always a way. Even if it does not look like how you imagined at all, don't get hung up on that and figure out ways to, to make it still happen. I guess that's probably actually the main thing I want you to take away from this is <laughs> I know the emotional fog that hits when you're going through a divorce and the pain. I don't know. I'm crying. <laughs> but honestly when i think of women in this situation that are going through the divorce like i know i want to reach out and give you a big hug of knowing that it is hard and all of these feelings are real the pain is real the concerns are real the fear is all real and so i don't want to brush that aside at all but there are ways to change how you're thinking about it to be able to find the joy and the happiness And your kids are going to see that if you focus on those things with them, they're going to understand that as well. Like they do get it. And so anyways, it can be done not to push down that fear and stuff, but to understand it, to embrace it and process it so that you know what you you really want. To kind of sift through what of those fears and concerns really holds the most validity and Mm -hmm. what's, what's worth focusing on and putting controls in place. And yeah. what's worth saying, that's not one that deserves my attention. And I can let go of I this can thing. Past that I one. can yeah. move past that. I can overlook it so that I can focus on what is important. Yeah. And yeah, somehow finding a way to be aware of what worst case scenario could be, but not letting that yes. control your overall attitude. Matt, you're great at this of knowing how something could go wrong, but not worrying about that. Like, putting steps in place of to try and mitigate that but hoping for the best and believing in the best and moving forward with without yeah. and if the best doesn't happen it's okay yeah you'll figure it out but not letting the fear of the worst case scenario stop you from being able to move forward and, and paralyze a, you yeah yep all right you have a workshop related to all of this yeah that's what i was just gonna bring up especially since we were talking about the emotions and and it really is like matt asked me the other night at dinner 
what were you feeling when Steve came out or through the divorce? And I was like, it's an emotional fog. It is like this fog that you get in that you are just so overwhelmed and you don't know how to get out. You can't see the light. You have this, yeah, it's almost like you have this vertigo feeling of, well, I don't know which way is up or down. I don't know where mm-hmm. I'm going. Like I can kind of see, I can feel stuff, but. Yeah. And so sometimes it feels like, especially in situations where your partner has come out, it feels like they are out living their best life. Like they've embraced this side of themselves. They're embracing their queer identity. And you're left here figuring out what the heck just happened to your life. And so I am offering a workshop is actually happening. If you are listening to this on January 19th, it's happening tonight. The workshop is happening tonight. And it is called Secrets for Finding Rainbows Through the Emotional Fog because our partners may be out riding their emotional rainbows or their rainbow, and we want to find our own. And we are putting together a herd of unicorns because you feel like you're on your own. You feel like you're the only one going through this. And while you might not feel like this majestic, bold, strong unicorn, you are a unicorn and we are going to get you feeling that way. So you can sign up for the workshop. If this is Shortly after the workshop, reach out to me. I do have a group coaching program that is going to start on January 24th that we can get you signed up for. If you've missed the workshop, then we can get you into that group coaching program and get you going so that you can find that clarity. You can address those fears and figure out how to move forward past those fears. Instead of just feeling like you're left behind while your ex is now, their life has taken this big leap in a positive way and you're... You're just stuck here. We don't want you to feel left behind. I want you to see how this is a moment for you to embrace the unicorn inside of you and live your best life. And you can go, there's a link in our show notes, but you can also go to theboldlogic.com forward slash free workshop. I'm going to say that slower. (laughs) It's theboldlogic.com forward slash free workshop. And if you are interested, like I said, if this is shortly past January 19th, 2022, reach out to me because I do have spots available in the group coaching that we can get you in there. Super excited about this. Awesome. Really excited for my unicorn herd. And Matt and Steve (laughs) are going to be shipping you your welcome packages because I'm going to be sending you some treats to go along (laughs) with the group coaching. Unicorn related. Some of them unicorn related, (laughs) others not, but it will be fun. I tried to get the guys to put on unicorn horns today. (laughs) They wouldn't. Matt wasn't in the mood. (laughs) Neither was I, but Matt said it. (laughs) Uh, All right. Hopefully this is helpful. Thanks for the conversation, guys. Yeah. Thanks for being my guys. <laughs> Apparently, I'm feeling lots of emotions around it today. Yeah. Thanks for being my unicorn. <laughs> yeah. Steve's on the rainbow. I'm the unicorn. And I'm a stallion. <laughs> that's a stallion. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Have a great week, everyone. All right, my friend, I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the Husband Law Podcast. I have one last thing to share with you before we go, and I am sharing this because this is an opportunity that will only be open to you until January 23rd, which is this coming Sunday. So if you are listening to this the week this episode airs, this is an offer that will only be available until January 23rd, and I want to give you the opportunity to jump on that. If you are wanting to join the unicorn herd now, if you are feeling like you need some support and guidance as you are navigating a partner coming out, or maybe you're just going through a divorce, but feel like the things we have shared are relevant 
and connecting with you. Then I want to let you know about my group coaching program. The doors are open for that from today, January 19th, until Sunday, January 23rd. So just those few days. And the spots are limited because I want to keep this as personal as possible, but I also want to give you a way that is affordable to be able to get group coaching and get the support you need during this time when we are in an emotional fog. I feel like there is so much that you have to process that that is the best way to describe it. There are so many feelings coming up. There are hard feelings. There are good feelings. There's all of these things that you're having to process and you're having to rethink the trajectory of your life. Whether you decide to stay married or you decide to separate, when a partner comes out, you still have to rethink what you thought your relationship would look like. It is a whole new thing that you are processing and going through. So if you want a tribe of unique women who are going through the same thing as you and you are wanting to find the strength and clarity you need to be a bold unicorn, then join us. Please join us. I want to let you know what you will get with my group coaching program. So it's a seven weeks of group coaching. The first week, though, is an introductory week where we are going to go through the logistics and get some things all figured out. And then the next six weeks, we will be diving deep into gaining the clarity you need to be able to continue forward. And again, like I said, whether that looks like divorce or staying in a mixed orientation relationship, whatever that looks like for you. So you get those seven weeks of coaching and you will also get access to our private Facebook group. So this will just be those women that are in your group coaching program for those six weeks. So you'll have access to that Facebook group for six weeks. And actually, you might have access to it longer than that. That is one thing you'll have to check on the website. <laughs> so you'll have that private Facebook group. You will also receive a welcome box with some things that you will need for the group coaching and also just some fun things for you along the way. You will get a digital and physical workbook that are going to go along with the Be Bold Bootcamp course that you will get in this group coaching. You will have lifetime access to the Be Bold Bootcamp. That is something you will always have access to. You will have the six weeks of coaching of the group coaching, but you will have access to the Be Bold Bootcamp for the lifetime, lifetime access to that. Now, what you get in Be Bold Bootcamp is it's a course, it's a training, and it has six modules. So you could go through them in the six weeks of coaching. You might want to spread them out. I have people who have told me they've gone through like the first two or three modules and they just keep going back to the beginning and processing and doing those things before they continue on. So it's up to you how you do it. Um, but within each of those modules, there are four to six videos that talk about each topic that is within that module. So they all six modules have a different topic. There are four to six short videos. I know that your time is important and that you don't often have a lot of time to devote to your self-care. So I've made these as succinct as possible, but as information and value-filled as possible. So you will be getting all of that. You will get six weeks of coaching. You will get, well, technically seven weeks of coaching. You will get the Facebook group, the welcome box, which I'm really excited about, and Matt and Steve are shipping those out to you. The Be Bold Boot Camp, you will get the digital and the physical version of the workbook. You will also get a unicorn herd for your support along the way. So that is something that I feel like is very important and that you need to be aware of, that you will have this herd of women who we are all unique. That is what makes us unicorns. And we are all strong and bold. 
and we are figuring things out. And I have to tell you, you may not feel like a strong, majestic, bold unicorn right now. That is okay. You still are. And we are going to help you start to recognize the good, bold, strong unicorn that you are so that you can start owning your life and gaining the clarity you need to continue forward in your life, your relationships. And again, what that is whether you are staying in your relationship or whether you decide to separate and go your separate ways. So all of that is valued at just over $2,500. And so I am giving that to you for a deal right now. Go ahead to the website to see what that deal is. Again, I have very limited spots and it is a very limited time because I want to be able to devote the time and energy to you to be able to help and support you on this journey. The link to claim your spot in the group coaching is in the show notes. And it is also theboldlogic.com forward slash unicorn herd. Yes, that is theboldlogic.com forward slash unicorn herd. And that is how you will be able to access that offer in the next few days if that is something you are looking for. You can also go to my workshop and see how it is to be coached by me in this workshop tonight. That will be a similar experience, although it won't be as interactive as our group coaching calls. This is an opportunity to see if you connect with me, to see if you like the way I teach and the energy I bring to the lesson. I hope that you will take the opportunity to either join the free workshop tonight, or if you are just ready right now to join the Unicorn Herd, go get signed up for my coaching program. And I hope to see some of your beautiful, awesome faces there. Take care. Have an awesome week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Husband-in-Law. All right, now we have a challenge for you. We challenge you to go give someone a huge hug or send a simple gratitude note who needs to receive it specifically from you. If you've enjoyed this episode and you haven't subscribed yet, please be sure to do so now. Also, don't forget to give us a review. We read every single one of them. Until next time, keep striving to make your relationship the best it can possibly be.